When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that's like a nice cup of chai tea before heading to the ATM machine, it's Sifpa. Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live most Fridays or available to download later in your podcast feed, unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. It is chai is tea. You're not. You would say tea tea. <laughs> I'm your host Aaron Dicer, and he keeps having to remind me he's not my guy in the chair. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Ahoy! I have legs. I can walk. Each week we'll chat about movies, TV, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And please welcome our guest this week. Even though he's from Nashville, he's never leaving Brooklyn again. It's Dom Fisher, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> That's right. Woo! Never leaving. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i felt that was appropriate considering i think uh brooklyn factors into both of these movies uh that we're talking about today um so uh yeah we're gonna chat a little bit about across the spider-verse previously known as across the spider-verse part one um so that was the previous title they changed that title however they they did not change the spirit of that name Uh, And then uh, Transformers Rise of the Beasts, Uh, hopefully part only, but we shall see. Uh, Spoiler alerts on my thoughts. Uh, So we're going to get into those. We've got a best ever challenge on uh, best ever insect movies or movies that feature an insect or type of insect in the title. And then, of course, we'll do some uh, buried treasure uh, as well. But Dom, good to have you back, man. How have things been? It's been a few months. Yeah, it's been it's been it's been a while. I'm, I'm glad to be uh, back. Uh, you know, in the meantime, I've been you know consuming as much as possible, mm-hmm. um, and I'm trying to uh, work on a new tattoo. You know, I'm a tattoo collector, so uh, I want to get my back done, nice. and I'm uh, working on this kind of Marvel DC demons type of thing. That's probably Ooh. gonna cost a, a car but you know <laughs> <laughs> i'm designing my back piece right now and everybody i've talked to about price yeah you're, you're not far off you're not far off <laughs> wow um yeah i recently got uh my first tattoos i think we talked about it on the show a little bit they're just uh finger tattoos they're just uh, like uh rings i have a few around uh, one of my pinky fingers and then uh like a wedding ring tattoo uh that i got as well And I went in, and the advice I received right before I went in was to uh, imagine that the pain you're going to experience is the worst pain you could ever feel. And then when it starts, you'll be like, oh, it's no big deal. And that that idea worked perfectly for me. I seriously, like, they started doing the tattoo, and I was like, this is nothing. Like, this is not that bad. Um, there There were occasions during the tattoo where I was like, oh, oh. That is pain. Yeah, that's pain. That's what you're doing now is pain. But for the most yeah. part, uh, it's it was not as bad as I expected it to be. 
And when I say that, uh, I don't want to bring down your expectations if you're going to get a tattoo. I would say keep <laughs> them up. You know, li- leave <laughs> yeah. those expectations of the pain very, very high because uh, uh, it is helpful. Um, yeah. So The yeah. longest I ever sat for a tattoo was nine hours. Oof, wow. So. I cannot. Uh, I mean, you had to get up and walk and, and stuff, right? Oh, like, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. Like, they, you might get they, some, like, pulmonary embolisms or something <laughs> if you, like. You oh, know. yeah. No, they, they stop. They order, the place I went to anyway, they, they order you food and everything since you're going to be there forever. Uh, it wow. was a really cool experience. But, yeah, it's, it's that feeling definitely in, intensifies after as the hours go on. Yeah. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I bet. shading. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess my ring tattoo is a, a little bit thicker, so maybe that's kind of like that. But it's it's definitely, definitely um, there is a moment that happens where you're like, are you sure you're not done with that section? Because I, I, <laughs> yeah. feel, I feel like you've been there for a while. Yeah. I feel like, yeah. you know. <laughs> so yeah oh, i definitely yeah. know how that goes uh all right well i'm excited to get to it we're definitely excited to have you back on Dom. Yes. uh always good uh to see you and to chat stuff with you i always enjoy our conversations i was looking at something i think it was um three years ago that we met or was it was it because it was or was it four it was pre-pandemic wasn't it i think it was it was i want to say it was like maybe the year before the pandemic i think it was i think it was like holidays ish 2019 so yeah so um so yeah it's it's been fun to to have you on every once in a while since then so glad you're back um all right well we're gonna get right into it uh let's chat a little bit about across the spider-verse my name is Miles Morales. I'm Brooklyn's one and only Spider-Man. And things are going great. Oh yeah, you were supposed to be here five. All right, whatever. Whatever? Wow. Whatever? So are you like a cow or a Dalmatian? I am the spot. <laughs> it's not funny. Don't, don't do that. Miles's grades are pretty good. A in AP Physics. That's my little man. And a B in Spanish. What? Ooh, okay. Miles. Are you trying Mira, to kill that's what he I gotta go. All right, bye. He's lying to you. And I think you know it. After reuniting with Gwen Stacy, Brooklyn's full-time friendly neighborhood Spider-Man is catapulted across the multiverse where he encounters the Spider Society, a team of spider people charged with predicting the multiverse's very existence. But when the heroes clash on how to handle a new threat, Miles finds himself pitted against the other spiders and must set out on his own to save those he loves most. Uh, the original, um, into the spider verse was very well received and, uh, I think generally beloved. And so it's not a surprise that we are getting a couple sequels. Uh, as mentioned, this was originally named part one, uh, of a two parter. Uh, they changed the names, uh, to across the spider verse. And I believe beyond the spider verse is the next one, which technically is slated for next March. But writer strike probably going to shift that, I would imagine. Um, so we'll see uh, how quickly we get it. Uh, but it is definitely part one. Um, so what did you guys think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Andrew, why don't you kick us off? Oh, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. Dom, what about you? Yeah, I'm right there. <laughs> loved it so much. 
Uh, that seems to be the general consensus of all but this guy. Uh, so I get, to, I, I, get to, I get to play the guy who hates it because he only likes it a lot. Uh, I'm on the high side yeah. of like it. Uh, I, this, this is a great movie, uh, but I'm going to sound like I hate it because everyone like thinks this movie is the next Godfather or something. So let's, Oh, let's, no. Let's, I don't want to give that impression. <laughs> let's, no. let's get into it, though. I know you guys uh, uh, love it. And and uh, I want to hear some of the reasons. So, Dom, why don't you kick us off? What are some of your general thoughts on the movie? So, I can see why why you wouldn't love it and you were on the high side of liking it. Because um, there is a moment where it does feel a little long. However, what pushed it over the top for me um, initially and throughout the time movie is the animation is ridiculously good. Um, there's like this kind of sentient... Uh, color going on as the moods change and the mm-hmm. action sequences change. Um, I mean, the story's great. I mean, we get to really see Miles settle into being um, Spider-Man. And, I mean, starting off uh, with, you know, Gwen is, is great. And we get to kind of see the this dual story go on that also intertwines. Uh, and there's a... I, I love the, the, the way that it ended. Uh, leaving us kind of with this cliffhanger that feels like a comic book that goes along with the animation. Um, yeah, there's it's a lot. There's a lot to the uh, to love about it. Uh, and uh, and watching it too, like you know, a lot of times we have these screenings and we watch it with other critics and everybody's kind of quiet. You know, no one wants to be the person in the that oh I love it so much. But uh, so watching it with a, a, a full crowd. Who all really love comic books and love Spider Man. Um, it's a great IMAX experience, great theater experience. Um, so yeah, uh, Andrew, yeah. some thoughts. Uh, what I love, uh, first off, I think we can agree that if not one of, or for me, it is, but it's one of the most visually impressive movies I've ever seen in my entire life. It might be the most visually impressive movie, not just animated, like. They they take you know visual storytelling to a new level in this. Well, film. I think it's important I, to say you could not make this in live action. Like that's to me is a sign of a great animated film is true. it takes full advantage of the the platform because mm-hmm. it would be almost impossible, if not impossible, to actually make this movie live action. Yeah. So I wanted to get that out of the way. That's that. I think everybody's gonna who sees the movie, regardless, is gonna know that this is just visually incredible. But what I love the most about this movie is whenever you look at Into the Spider-Verse, which was the first one, uh, it really focuses on Miles finding out more about himself and like what his powers, you know, and it's a great metaphor, you know, for a coming of age story. What I loved in this one is it really honed in on the family dynamic, and I think it did it in an absolutely beautiful way. There are some super tear-jerking moments with Mm -hmm. the mother and father, and uh, just thinking about them now just gets me excited about possibilities of, or obviously I'm going to see this movie many, many times, um, and I don't think that those emotions are ever going to, dampen or they're going to hit just as hard every single time because they're just pure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree with what you guys have said about the, the visual feast that's going on here. It is, Andrew, I agree. uh, If not 
the most visually stunning film ever made, uh, certainly in that conversation. And it's not just that they're doing things on screen that are eye candy, which they are. This entire movie is eye candy, but it's not just that it's eye candy. It's purposeful eye candy. It's saying Mm -hmm. something about the world you're in. It's saying something about the character who inhabits that world, who's your spider person in that world or whatever. Like there's intent behind the different animation styles coming together and doing different things, mixing these kind of animation styles, which talk about a level of difficulty. Like that's, you know, that's not easy to do. Um, I, and I should, I should say not just animation styles. Uh, you know, there are several moments of live action uh, in this movie because of the way it plays with the multiverse and mixing all that stuff and doing it well. And, um, it's really, I think spectacular is the right word. This is a spectacular movie. Um, it is a, an absolute visual feast. I also agree with you, Andrew, that the emotion is well-earned and beautiful. Um, I think the things that are going on with the family dynamics, I think that opening prologue, uh, which I get, maybe it'd be spoilery to say who it's about, but I, I'll, I'll just, I mean, you know, if you've seen the movie, you know. Um, I think is one of the most evocative intros to a movie I've seen in a long time. That has to do with the choice of the background music, the driving drums. It has to do with the character beats. Um, It is a beautifully told backstory for a character that we didn't have that is important for the rest of the movie. And you see this intentionality and this... Uh, exquisite design throughout the entire movie and design in that sense what I mean is story design plot design character design I don't necessarily just mean artistic design Um, this is uh, this is a very well done uh, story that really hits its beats really really well um, and you may be saying to yourself, well, Aaron, it sounds like you love this movie. Uh, it sounds like I am well aware of how amazing this movie is on many, many levels. But I do think there are some things that that are pretty big that hold it um, hold it back for me. Uh, and I guess I can get into those later because I don't want to cut off the love fest right away because I know uh, I am a bit in the minority on this. So I, I really want you guys to be able to pour on some of the other whether it be voice performances or other things that that you guys enjoy. So what so what were some of the other things that you came away from just uh, absolutely uh, loving? Dom, I'll let you go first. Um, all right. Uh, yeah, uh, one of them has to be the the soundtrack. You know, it's produced by Metro Boomin, who's a hip hop producer, mm-hmm. um, and just like the moving uh, colors and animation styles, the music fits perfectly. It hits every beat. Um, I don't know. I would love to see how they pieced it together. If they sat down and, you know, which songs went with which scenes and, uh, which beats hit certain moves and whatnot. Um, and Shamik Moore and Hedy Steinfeld were made to play these characters. I mean, um, mm-hmm. it's, you know, I used to be opposed, somewhat opposed to animated films 
because, you know, you get in that weird stage as you're growing up. Where you're like, that's not for me. I need to watch adult stuff because I'm an adult. And then mm-hmm. when, and I completely that- <laughs> missed that stage. I don't know why I was so like, I just I completely missed it. Uh, but I know, I know most what you're people, talking about. Most yeah. people go through it. That's for sure. Yeah. But, you know, you every once in a while you catch one and you're like. Why did the way that he said that make a tear fall down my face? And it's it's crazy. What is this liquid yeah, coming like, from my eye holes? What are tears? I don't know what those are. Um, uh, and uh, was it Oscar Isaac menacing yeah. it, without trying to be? Um, because you're this his character is kind of up in the air. You're like, are you? You seem to be wearing this hero outfit. But your motives seem to be kind of selfish and evil. So it can, the, you can play with the story a little bit to how you interpret what he's trying to do. Um, and, okay, this is going to sound a little weird. But as we're watching it, you're looking at Miles' mom. And I'm like, she's kind of attractive. I, is this, should I be attracted <laughs> to an animated character? What is going on? I don't No, yeah. Sorry, honey. I don't. You see what I see, right? Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, and just what they were able to do. I mean, the the cameos, ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> and there's, there's one scene where we really get to understand the multiverse that they're explaining that's better than most things I've seen that deal with any kind of multiverse. And that's a flood of emotion, too, as you see into different universes. And you're like, oh, so you just want me to cry. That's cool. I don't need to relive that moment. Um, but, yeah, there's there's uh, it's one of those ones, I think, that require a multiple watch because you're going to see something you didn't see before every single time. Yeah. The the scale, the grandness that this movie uh, climbs to is is not the levels that I thought that it was going to like go to. It's, it's crazy how big this movie decides to get sometimes. And, uh, it, it, it never, it never took me out of the movie. I could see that it could potentially take somebody out of the movie and like, Oh, so this is a movie now. It's, it's not like fourth wall breaking or anything like that, but it's very referential at moments that, uh, I think, uh, it's a good thing and it's a bad thing, I guess. So, well, I guess that's a decent transition into one of uh, the, the issues I had with the movie. Um, I, I thought the Spider Society stuff was a mess. I like I couldn't. I had no connection to any of those cameos. I don't know who any of them are. The explanations that would pop up on screen were up there for a split second. There's no time couldn't to read, read them. them. Yeah, yeah. There's like I don't know what we're doing here. I like. I get that that Lord and Miller have this style that's being uh, adapted here. It's being adopted here with its very quick million miles a minute, that kind of stuff. But I feel like in other movies that have had this, uh, even all the way back to Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, um, you know, Lego movie, um, you know, what was the tech one? I almost said we're the Millers. It's not we're the Millers, but the, no, uh, the Millers versus the machines. Yeah, mil- yeah, 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 versus Mitchell, the machines. Mitchell's versus the Mitchell's machines. versus the machines. I feel like in those, that mile a minute stuff is often just the like 
the push of the action, the push of the momentum, those kind of things. In this case, it's referential stuff. And what's difficult about that for me, especially in that scene, is it just becomes a jumbled mess of things. I don't know what they are, and I don't understand what they are. Some of them are kind of funny to me, I guess. Hey, there's a there's a Trinosaurus Rex that's also Spider-Man. Okay, I guess that's kind of funny, but I don't. <laughs> but it's not like I get it in any kind of deep level where I'm like, oh my goodness, I remember the T-Rex Spider-Man. You know, like there's there's no kind of connecting point. And when I when I think of that Spider Society uh, stuff. It really reminds me why I liked No Way Home so much is because the multiverse stuff that it did was integrated fully into the movie. Like the cameos, like 90% of the cameos and references in this movie do not play into this movie at all. Like they are not needed. You could take them out of the movie and the movie would be fine. They are literal winks at the audience, right? Um, and yeah. And when there's when there's so many of them so quickly, and for so many of them, I just don't get them. Um, and 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 I get that's a me thing for somebody who maybe gets you know most of them or half of them or whatever. It's probably a, I guarantee it's a much better experience, and I I totally get that. Um, but I just I found it to be um, be very jumbled and uh, and very. Um, shallow i just found a lot of those jokes to be really shallow and not meaningful in any way and therefore a little bit felt like a little bit of a waste of time in an already long movie um so that's that's one of the things that keeps me back from being like oh this is the greatest movie of all time because i think it's a little self-indulgent i just think that whole section's a little bit like you know um we're doing this because we've got a green light to do it and i just don't know that it makes the movie better i know it doesn't make the movie better for me and I guess that's the best way to say that. Yeah. Uh, I that don't disagree with any. No, I don't disagree with okay. the thing you said, uh, but I still love the movie. Of course. <laughs> of course. And, and, the, and, and one of the other. And, and I still really, really like the movie, by the way. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know. So, I know. <laughs> you're in that it, such unfortunate position. No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, the, the other part that I have heard friends of mine talk about is how much of a love letter to comic books this movie is. And as somebody who's not yeah. a comic book person, I don't know that I feel that as much as most people would. Dom, you even mentioned uh, about the end of the movie, about how you liked that because it felt like, okay, now I got to read the next comic book kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. I'm a movie guy. That's not a, what I want from a movie. <laughs> I don't want a movie to make me wait five years to to watch the end of the story. Like, Movies, to me, are best when they're self-contained. Are there examples of my hypocrisy in this? Sure. Lord of the Rings, just, you know, throw it out there. But the, the you know, the idea of those three movies coming out a year at a time as kind of the singular experience, um, I can try to apply that to this movie. But the problem is now I'm trying to review half a movie. So, like, if we're talking whether it is next March or a year from next March or whatever, and we've seen Beyond the Spider-Verse... Then I feel like I can talk more fully about, you know, I said the same thing on the Dune podcast. I really did. Like, I don't I don't know how to judge Dune. Yeah. I don't know how to judge Dune until I see the next one. You know, like, it's just because it's not it's not just that it is a, a problem with to be continued. Like, mo you know, storytelling has done to be continued for a while. Usually it's been on television. That's usually what it is. It hasn't usually been that way in movies. But there certainly have been movies uh, that have been to be continued. But usually what a movie will do, 
like, for instance, Infinity War, uh, is that it will be a complete arc or experience on its own mm-hmm. that then becomes greater when another part is is put towards it. I hear a lot of people using Empire Strikes Back as an example uh, for this movie. Uh, don't come at me with that. Empire Strikes Back is a complete story. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's it's yes, it has that same, like, we're in trouble feel at the end. Like, we're in darkness. We don't know where we're going mm. at the end. But the story in Empire is complete, and then it moves on to the story in, you know, Return of the Jedi. Um, this this has themes, story arcs, and story resolutions that are just completely unknown right now. There's there's the there are a couple things I could say maybe we resolved in this movie, but even those aren't aren't really no character is in a place to have completely resolved their story arc uh in this story um and that's that's i mean that's annoying to me um will it be annoying after i've seen the second one nope because then i'll know what the whole story looks like it's just like you press pause in the middle of the movie and how am i supposed to review it yet that's how i feel like you know uh in in something like this um if that makes sense yeah. You did hit on my negative. Besides the runtime, I felt was, like Dom said, just a little bit too long. But maybe like 10, 15 minutes too long. But um, but yeah, my big negative is I don't like this precedent that Dune has set of releasing half of a movie and say, oh, well, the second part's coming out. It reminds <laughs> me of like whenever a video game comes out that immediately needs to be patched, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, except it would yeah, be like don't... releasing the video game and saying, well, we're going to patch it three years from now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <you know>? exactly. <laughs> yeah, there was a, a a buddy of mine who hit, uh, hit me up and we had this long um, conversation about the canon events uh, which I don't think is too spoilery, but kind sure. of back and kind of back and forth uh, of like what this means and th- does this person's does that is that going to change things or does it matter? So there, that, I, I get what you're saying because it does like it didn't it didn't answer some of these questions which are bigger than um, going to a next movie. I need to like understand what's happening before I go into the next movie. I mean, it's easy. You can only then talk about it, and this is fine. I have no problem with this, but you can only then talk about it as an experience, right? Mm-hmm. How was your experience taking in this visual media? It was a good experience. I had a good experience. I, the art style was great, loved it, whatever. But it's harder to talk about it as a story or as a movie. Um, you know, again, what did I think of the movie? Well, I'll tell you when the movie's over. It's not over yet. I, I will tell you what I thought about the movie when the movie's then over. Then what are we doing here, Eric? <laughs> yes, that's how I feel. Thank you. You have verbalized how I feel. Nice. Um, uh, so the the only other thing I would mention, uh, and I think those are the main ones that hold me back, but I, and this, again, is one that could be corrected by the next movie. I don't know. Um, I got some real questions about people we're supposed to really be rooting for and loving in their decisions that they have made uh, in this movie, Um, because I think there are some uh, nakedly terrible, borderline evil decisions being made that they're just going along with. And I don't get it. I don't understand Um, that was another part of the spider society part that that was really difficult for me was I was like. You've ruined a couple characters I really liked because I don't I don't understand how they are have been oh. in this environment and have just gone with it. Like that makes you, no sense to me. 
Um, Are you talking so, about the fatalistic aspect of things? Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. They're, they're just like mm-hmm. I, I mean, is is uh, without getting too spoilery, uh, is the the main leader of that whole area? Is he just that charismatic that that somehow you know people I love and thought really understood their own independence and their own? It, it made me it made me go wait. Is every Spider Man selfish and bad? Because they're all going along with something that to me seems selfish and bad. Like it's, it was like I thought. I thought the whole thing with Spider Man was like great power and great responsibility, and like all these people are like great power and no responsibility. I don't know. It was it was just weird to see kind of what the the entirety of the Spider Verse was just like. Yeah, this makes sense to me. Let's go along with this guy. <laughs> but I think what? I think what the movie is saying is that uh, the the Spider Society has bastardized that uh, with great power comes great responsibility because in their mind, the responsibility is to make these quote-unquote tough choices. So they think that this responsibility has fallen upon them and that uh, Miguel O'Hara is the, since he's from the future, he's the one who knows, you know, and I guess from a... Uh, and I just don't buy it. I just, it, 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 kind of, it diminishes those characters for me uh, that they would buy mm-hmm. that. Um, so... Yeah, I, I will say that um, there's a book that just came out called um, uh, Spider-Man Psychology, and mm-hmm. there was a section uh, talking about um, his motives, and some of it is selfish, and not selfish in like a uh, in a negative way, but a selfish that I can do everything by myself, even if it looks like it's gonna unravel everything, which it, it then makes you look like a bad guy. Yeah. Well, also, I think that you could say Miguel O'Hara is ruling through fear. You know, he's. But again, you could. I, you could. But again, they don't have to be there. They are. They are choosing to actively be part of this. This isn't something where somebody has them in prison. Like they, you know, they are actively supporting this with their actions. I think it goes all, to to. They all got pyramid schemed. Oh, I think it's I think it's because they're so lonely in their own universes because no one can understand what they're going through. That now they have a mm. whole society of people who understand like, oh, yeah, you're lonely. I'm lonely. We have to do these things and trying to live this dual life and uh, lose friends, not tell family members. And now all these people have like this shared experience that I guess that's where you get this cult of personality type of uh, society. Well, that's Miles' driving factor. Like, that's his driving force is he wants to find a a group that he, uh, people who understand him. So what makes, so I, that's fine. I'm just saying the thing that Miles was uh, completely aware of immediately, never on board with, he was, he has, he was our, our true North in what we're experiencing in this movie. I would have thought there were other people I knew that would could be able to do the same thing. What what makes right. you know? I, I know what makes Miles special. He's the the protagonist. I get it. But I'm just saying that there the first movie showed me some things about a couple characters specifically that I'm not mentioning because of spoilers. That I just I'm I'm either just at the at at the best just disappointed with them or at worst now questioning their <laughs> their allegiance <laughs> like so uh yeah i i think i and again the second part maybe we'll find out more that right. it could it could fix some of this for me i don't know but for right now i'm just like um your friends did you dirty miles 
and yeah like, let's, for sure and and i don't know why like i don't understand how how they they could do that um so so yeah anyhow uh that that's another thing i'm wrestling with uh in the middle of this movie fair play yeah fair play yeah. uh any other uh thoughts or comments uh that you guys want to uh to mention again about this movie i really really liked i just want to put that out there <laughs> really really enjoyed this movie uh or half movie or whatever <laughs> Um, I really do. It feels, it really does feel very similar to the Dune review. If you go back and listen to that, it's kind of that same thing where it's just like, I really, really enjoyed this, but I don't know what this is yet. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of what I feel. Um, any final thoughts, any, uh, anything else about the spider verse that you guys want to mention? Uh, Andrew, there is actually no mid or post credit scene. Yeah. Interestingly enough, uh, Dom. Yeah. Uh, I'm just, I'm, with them already announcing a live action Miles movie in the works, I'm curious to see what happens in the next film because I have a theory that he somehow gets stuck in a universe where he has now become fully human mm. uh, in our form. And that's where we get this live action uh, movie and jumps off from there. Nice. Nice. Um, my final thought is I think some of the stuff in the final, uh, reveal towards the end is really well done. Um, I love it when a story turn, some would call it a twist, whatever, a story turn towards the end, uh, is not so complicated that it's impossible to figure out, uh, has, um, naturalistic clues as to what's going on um and yet is that rewarding um for uh information and in the story turn so i really did uh, think the story turn uh towards the uh what most would say is the end of this movie and i will say is the middle uh <laughs> was was really really uh satisfying so there you go uh, all right, that is Across the Spider-Verse, I'm going to say, part one, even though they took it off, uh, and we will yeah. go with uh, Across the Spider-Verse, part two, aka Beyond the Spider-Verse, when it comes out. Uh, okay, uh, let's move on to our next review. Let's talk a little bit about Transformers Rise of the Beasts. For centuries, our kind has stayed hidden on Earth. But darkness has found us again. Prime. This is about the fate of all living things. Unicron is coming. A 90s globetrotting adventure that introduces the Maximals, uh, Predacons and Terracons, to the existing battle on Earth between Autobots and Decepticons. Uh... That's a little bit deceptive, but uh, we'll talk about Rise of the Beasts. Um, what did you guys think about a new Transformers movie? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Dom, why don't you start? Um, I liked it. Uh, because of my Good. 90s pre-position, uh, <laughs> pre uh, -huh. uh, I liked it. I, I, I wanted to love it. I, I think they could have done stuff to make me love it, but I liked it. Uh, I'm, in the, I'm in the didn't like it uh, camp. Uh, Andrew, where are you? I had an epiphany while watching this movie, but mm. uh, I'm going to actually go with liked it. Like, not, not, I don't think I'm up to where Dom is, but uh, 
Yeah, I definitely can say that I either have very high side of okay or low side of liked it. Okay. Well, Dom, tell us what you liked about this movie. Um, I the the first thing that, that jumped out to me was just it's the '90s. We all, the majority of American society, can kind of agree that the '90s was this golden era, um, whether it's fashion, film, music, or all the above. Um, it just was a great time, and I love that these uh, characters, specifically uh, Noah and um, uh, Toby's character, they kind of embody that New York uh, '90s vibe with the lingo. And the things that they were doing that, you know, probably shouldn't have been doing. Um, but, uh, you know, we got a lot of action. We got a lot of these transformations. I really enjoyed Pete Davison as Mirage. Uh, Dominique Fishback continues to kind of uh, still still scenes and, and, and um, kill the, the role she's in. Um, I'll, I'll say what I'll say what I didn't like for <laughs> for a little later, but um, yeah, overall, I mean, it hit all the blockbuster notes. Um, it did exactly what it was, you know, set out to do. Um, so I think that that's why I end up uh, where I'm at. Nice, Andrew. Why did you like it? Here's my epiphany that I had. So. For those of us who watched trailers and everything, we knew mm-hmm. that this was going to be like, you know, set in the 90s and that the regular Transformers like Optimus and Bumblebee mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Stratosphere, all those guys were going to be in this. Uh, but I assume that for people who were w- watching or who don't watch trailers uh, and they hear that this is Rise of the Beast, they probably just assume, oh, this is going to be a Beast Wars Transformers movie mm-hmm. and it's not going to have anything to do with the others and then when they sit down to watch this movie they are profoundly disappointed that it is not a Beast Wars pers- movie it is no, not a Beast Wars movie it's not a Beast Wars no, movie no no yeah yeah this is 90% Transform or 80% Transformers with about 20 spicy percent of Rise of the Beasts mm-hmm. um yeah. Yeah, so if you're going into this with, uh, which we were talking to Ian, who was super excited about seeing a, a Beast Wars movie that he didn't get to see. <laughs> um, poor guy. But uh, yeah, I, I still think that there are actually things in this movie that one can walk away going, you know what, I enjoyed that that experience. And I think that what helped me going into this is my total not disdain but just lack of any kind of emotion for the transformers franchise like i went in with zero expectations i didn't expect it to be anything at all but i think that this besides the first transformers movie is like the second best one that they've made i i really like this bumblebee or after the first one after the first transformers then this one then bumblebee okay i like yeah this one right in front of bumblebee but uh, and, and the thing it's, it's funny because the thing that I've been complaining the most about the Transformer franchise is actually one of my biggest pros with this film, and it's the human element of it. I think that Anthony Ramos and Dominique Fishback are great. Like, uh, they don't have like any romantic chemistry, but that's not what the movie wanted. It didn't need to make them this will they, won't they. It was two people tr- just trying to save the planet, you know, from Transformer stuff. And it was it was really good acting. I really bought into it. The movie does focus more on Noah 
Anthony Ramos's character than Dominique's. Um, but all the stuff that it did focus on with Noah, I really, it, it worked for me. So I agree with what you guys are saying. Um, even though I didn't like this movie, uh, I agree that Anthony uh, Ramos is amazing in this movie. I think he's, he's great. Uh, Dominic Fishback is wonderful as well. And even Pete Davidson who like halfway yeah. through the, halfway through the movie, I know that voice. I know that voice. <laughs> and then I was like, that's Pete Davidson. And, and then I was like kind of annoyed that it was Pete Davidson because I'd have been enjoying, <laughs> enjoying it so much. I was like, he's not supposed to be that great of a voice right, actor, but he right. is. He's, he's great in this. Um, and, and really giving a, it was Mirage, right? Uh, mm-hmm. was the character, yep. uh, that, that mm-hmm. he played. So I agree with that. I think the performances, uh, in it are really well done. Um, I also think there's always going to be something interesting and bombastic about giant mechs fighting. Like that's always interesting to watch at least. Right. And some of my favorite mm-hmm. shots in honestly, maybe one of the negatives of this movie is I don't think it does enough of this. But one of my favorite things is when you really get a sense of the scale uh, of how big humans are versus how big these machines are. And there are some of mm. those moments because if you just have the machines fighting, it's easy to forget. I mean, they, they could be just toys on your desk at that point. You know what I mean? But when you see the humans uh, with them, I think that can be uh, uh, really powerful, um, interesting stuff. Um, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and turn to negatives cause I didn't like this movie and it's basically all I have left are negatives. Uh, and the, the main one being, this is the kind of movie much like its predecessors, although not as bad. I would actually agree with Andrew that it's top three transformers, which is not saying a lot necessarily. It's, it's for not me, an, a, a high echelon of film that is trying to achieve. I, I, I have Bumblebee at number one. I have transformers one at number two and I have this at number three. Um, Mm. But much like its predecessors, it is the kind of movie for me that as I try to suspend my disbelief, it consistently and constantly dares me not to. (laughs) Come on. Come on. Wait, wait. You you good? What about this? Can you believe this? And I'm like, I'm trying, man. I'm trying. Okay. Well, what about this? Just like, okay, fine. I don't believe you. I'm distracted now. Uh, There's so much dumb nonsense in this movie, uh, both plot wise uh, character decision wise and by characters I mean uh, the the big robot characters uh, not necessarily the human ones and then there's there's tech nonsense in this where just like it, it just it only operates the way it operates because the story needs it to operate that way exactly um, and, exactly and, and, and that's fine whatever we're all here to have a good time and watch robots punch each other I totally get it I just don't want to be you know um bombarded by uh, my inability to go along uh, with with what is being said here. And so at some point it just becomes too much for me and I just, I'm out, you know, I just kind of get out and then I'm just kind of rolling my eyes at it. And, um, you know, um, Aaron's eyes roll out, uh, you know, so <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah that, that'll happen. Yeah. Uh, voice performances. Uh, I really liked uh, Ron Perlman as Optimus Primal. He kind of, was right there with Peter Cullen. He with that, you know, that deep gravelly voice. Uh, the fact that Peter Cullen is still doing this is just so awesome. <laughs> like I absolutely mm-hmm. love it. Um, yeah. And actually, I'll say this: going back to we, we were talking about the action in this movie. My favorite action sequence of any of the Transformers movie is in this one right here, and it's on this uh, winding, like this side winding road in Nepal, like 
going back and yes, forth down this nice road. Yeah, nice white shots in that screen yeah, that, that I thought were so really, really good. good. Yeah. Like, I, I was agree, like, actually. where has this stuff been well, for like the last as, nine movies? It's not movies. as jumbled as the base stuff either. The base stuff was always just like robot, spiky, pointy ball car. Yes. You never really got a sense for the transformations. I think you get a little bit more sense for the transformations here, um, which is which is fun. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. did enjoy, I, I'm finding stuff, I guess. I did enjoy, like you mentioned, Dom, I really did enjoy the soundtrack, the 90s-ness of it all. Um, some of that 90s hip-hop, it just hits, it just hits different. It's just, it's so good. Um, I mean, the playing scene towards the end, you know, playing um, LL Cool J, I was like, uh-huh. right, yeah. this is the scene uh, that's just gonna, yeah. you know, serve me into the end of this movie. Yeah. yeah definitely. <laughs> I didn't. And how... <laughs> The one thing I didn't like, though, is when we finally get to see, you know, Optimus Primal and Cheetor transform, we don't really see them transform. Yeah. And they move so quick. I never saw what Cheetor looked like, ever. Yeah. Like, there's too much flipping. That and was I'm weird like, to me. That I'm was like, weird to me I, that the, the beasts were never really yeah, about I get, the robots. I need one. I just need one shot. I want to see how you put it together. Um because, I mean, I, I, it was one of my favorite animated, I, I guess you call it a cartoon, animated mm-hmm. shows as a kid. Yeah. Had all the toys. I gave some to my uh, stepson, like, uh, probably like three, four years ago. He broke them all because he was like three. But anyway, um, but yeah, the fact that I did kind of expect a beast, somewhat of a Beast Wars movie. And when yes. you do realize it's not that, you're like, uh, where are they at? I don't, all right. That's, <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Uh, yeah, so it was that that part was very <coughs> underwhelming. I was and it didn't help that I'm uh, I watched it in 3D 40x, so I'm like getting jerked around and I'm a little <laughs> upset, swinging at the air. Yeah, I don't and and I'm guessing because it's called Rise of the Beast. They're like, mm. oh, we're gonna save it for the next movie. Well, you know, you pissed too many people off. It ain't gonna be a next movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is is Optimus always been this aggro? Like, no, uh, <laughs> no. Just like, what is up with Optimus? He's like, and I'll tear his head <laughs> off. And I'm just like, what are you, Optimus? Yeah, Turn into a wild. cowboy. It, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was interesting. It was interesting. Uh, anything else about uh, Transformers that you want to focus on before we move on uh, to the best ever? An challenge? interesting franchise cameo towards the end of this yeah. film. Yeah, I. It, it's spoiler, obviously, uh, but. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, uh, yeah. Let's just say the HCU. Uh, is, yeah, uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's a thing now. It's yep. a thing. Everybody's yeah. gonna have a universe. Everybody. Yep. Everybody. And there's a mid, there's a mid credit scene. Yep. Yes. Yes, there is that as well. But I, for uh, the life of me, I couldn't tell you what happened in that mid credit scene. I already <laughs> forgot. Uh, Dom, did you have any other thoughts? Um, just know that you don't get what you want <laughs> <laughs> and that's come from coming from somebody who liked yeah movie. yeah yeah it doesn't deliver it at least doesn't deliver your expectations you yeah. may get what you want but i don't think you're going to get what you're expecting which yeah. isn't always a bad thing uh for me it was but not not necessarily for everybody well sometimes uh, if you try you just might find you get, you get what, what you, you need. need it's true <laughs> it does happen that way all right uh we're heading into the best ever challenge um these are the best ever in insect movies um so yeah we're gonna count these down we'll go round robin um we'll go pretty quickly here uh just name the movie and give a couple thoughts
thoughts uh, about why you enjoy it. If somebody has it higher, uh, they will trump you. Trump! Uh, so that they can talk about it at the higher point. Um, I'll kick us off. I had Ant-Man at number five. Um, I really, really enjoy this movie. Um, I really, really enjoy Ant-Man. It is one of those movies where uh, I feel like you get that sense of scale thing that I was talking about, and it gets the humor um, in that. So that was my number five. Uh, Andrew, you're up next. I'm going to go with the butterfly effect. Ooh. Trump. Oh, Trump. all right. <laughs> uh, Dom, what do you got at number five? I have ladybugs. Um, Talk about it. That was my first introduction to um, Ronnie Dangerfield in 92. Um, and I mean, it's a, it's a fun movie. You got, you know, he's the coach. He's losing. He decides to dress his stepson up as a as a girl, and they start winning. It's just it's just a fun movie. Ronnie Dangerfield is a lot of fun. That's kind of my thrust mm-hmm. into like yeah, into comedy, and um, yeah, it's just a, it's an all around fun movie. It's one of those ones that it may not completely age well, but you're gonna get laughs every time you watch it. Nice, ladybugs. Uh, All right, on to our number fours. Uh, My number four is Aquila and the Bee. Um, I really, really enjoy this uh, Spelling Bee movie. Um, I don't know what it is about Spelling Bees. I find them compelling and interesting. And uh, and then you add a human heart story to it, and it's always going to be good stuff. Um, So, yeah, I really, really enjoy this one. Uh, You should check out Aquila and the Bee. Uh, Andrew, your number four. Uh, number four, the story have the grave of the fireflies. Mm, good choice. Yeah. What a happy, happy movie, guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. This is one of the most depressing, sad movies of all time. It's a it's a Japanese animated film about a small village that is right on the precipice of. It was either Hiroshima or Nagasaki. Like this brother is trying to save uh, his younger sibling and uh, uh through starvation through you know destruction of the city of of the nation actually uh it's just just a heart-wrenching terror terrifying story of like the cost of war mm-hmm. but uh, it's a but there are moments of beauty in it too so grave of fireflies very nice uh dom what do you got at number four I have arachnophobia. Interesting. Nice. Uh, like Jaws, Anaconda, it, this is one of those movies I think that made people just completely terrified of spiders. Uh, it's yep. <laughs> it's just outrageous. They're everywhere, and you know it's they're the the silent assassin. And you know, we, as you get older, like myself, I go to like Repticons and people with tarantulas and things like that. So I'm not like that anymore but when i was a kid and i saw a spider as tough as i looked i'm running the other way and this is because <laughs> of this movie there you go no, i'm right there with you this movie terrified <laughs> me as a kid I'm right there yeah, with it's, you it's definitely scary for sure uh all right on to our number threes uh my number three is the mosquito coast uh harrison ford mm. um this is a uh, one of those movies that tweaks the f- philosophical part of my brain i like a lot of the conversations that are happening here the decisions that are being made um the the 
the ideas and the plot is very interesting to me. And it's Harrison Ford, and Harrison Ford just does great work. Um, so yeah, the Mosquito Coast uh, would be my number three. Um, <coughs> Andrew, what is your number three? Probably going to get Trump, but this is where I have a bug's life. Trump! Yeah, uh, Dom, go. what is your number three? Uh, my number three is the butterfly effect. <laughs> oh, there we nice. go. Nice. Um, I'm a sucker for time travel, no matter how it's done. And this movie is, is gritty, it's dark, it's uncomfortable. Um, and this is, you know, I think when this came out, I was in high school as a sophomore, junior. And this is when, it's one of those movies that if you're younger and you see it, you kind of get to think outside the box and um, and play with what you know this is where i learned the term the butterfly effect that's used in all these mm-hmm. time travel things um but it's always one that i always went back to when it was on and and watched it and uh yeah it's 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 worth a watch if you haven't seen it there you go butterfly effect uh all right on to our number twos this is where i have a bug's life uh at number mm. two andrew had it at number three um, my love for Pixar is known throughout the ages. Uh, it is not a surprise that I really enjoy this movie. I think it is interesting because it came out at the same time as Ants. A lot of times it gets yeah. kind of jumbled into that Ants versus Bugs Life conversation instead of being recognized as the movie after Toy Story. Like what did Pixar do to follow up Toy Story? And they told this really amazing and fun tale uh, of these bugs. Um, I think the Dave Foley performance in this is really great, uh, as are many of the performances. So, yeah, Bugs Life is good stuff. I have it at number two. Uh, Andrew, what is your number two? This is where I have Papillon, the old Steve McQueen, Dustin Hoffman film. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, Papillon is French for butterfly. This is another film that just... Gives you the warm and fuzzies. No, it's about a uh, French Guiana uh, prison colony and the uh, the rigors that the prisoners had to go through there. And Steve McQueen's character is constantly trying to escape, even because he's innocent of his crimes. And uh, uh, the links he'll go to be a free man and the punishments that he will risk are uh, it's a it's a a testament to human will and the human uh, spirit. It's a really really good movie. Papillon uh, is at number two for Andrew. Dom, what's your number two? Uh, number two, I have Bumblebee. Mm. Nice. Nice and thematic. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that most people have this towards the top of their list of the Transformers movies. Um, and it, for me, it is number one, number two. It kind of swaps depending on how I feel. And at this point, it's kind of... Looking like Haley Steinfeld, whatever she's in, it's just going to work. And it works in the yeah. too. <laughs> yep. Uh, as mentioned, Bumblebee is uh, my favorite Transformers movie. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, all right. On to our number ones. Uh, guys, I cheated. I cheated with my number one. And I'm just admitting it now. Uh, if you don't like it, I apologize. Uh, my number one is Parasite. Um, which parasites aren't always bugs. I know. I know they're not always bugs, but uh, they often are. Uh, and I actually just rewatched this movie last night. Uh, I think the fourth time I've seen it, it just gets better and better. Yeah. It's so beautiful, so intricate. The sound design on this movie is so good. Um, man, I love this film. Uh, 
just just a surprise from beginning to end and just an amazing story just amazing original story so uh parasite is my number one uh andrew what's your number one spider-man no way home Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah if we're counting parasite as insects we're counting arachnids as insects (laughs) that's right that's right yes um yeah uh it's still wild that they did it that's uh yeah, <laughs> uh, it's wild they did it. I'll, I'll just say it. It's my favorite Spider-Man film. One of my favorite MCU films. It's it's a beautiful s- story that's funny, filled with action, and it, there are a lot of tear jerking moments. It, it hits every single button. Yep. Uh, Dom, what's your number one? Uh, mine is Into the Spider Verse. <laughs> that's a good choice. That's a good choice. Uh, as I mentioned before, the animated movie. This was one of those ones that I was like, you know what? I'm wrong about animated films. And then Guillermo del Toro also told me I'm wrong about animated mm-hmm. films. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I have been on this journey recently of going back and watching these beloved animated films that I've heard over the years. But sure. this this movie, um, I hadn't seen anything like it. Uh, it was It's amazing. Um, and I was actually kind of late on it when I watched it because I was like, it's animated. Do I really? And I watched it. And I was like... <laughs> I was wrong. What what am I doing? Um, yeah, it, it's still, I think, going to be a lot of whether they love Across the Spider-Verse more, I think this is still going to be that one that you kind of hold a little more dear than its, uh, its sequel. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I didn't really mention that in the review we did. Uh, I do think this is still the superior movie. Um, I, I think Into the Spider-Verse is a better movie than uh, Across the Spider-Verse. I may be uh, in the minority on that, too. I don't know. But um, I, I really do have a a big love for that movie. So good choice. Uh, you mentioned uh, Bumblebee was one of my honorable mentions. Uh, for my Spider-Man entry, I had Spider-Man 2, um, which uh, is... Um, I think an amazing Spider-Man movie, and then Beetlejuice. Wanted to mention Beetlejuice uh, yep. as well. I didn't think about Beetlejuice as as a yep. good one. Did you guys have any other honorable mentions? Well, I'll tell you what the uh, the the uh, sorry the gurus picked for their number one was Into oh, yeah. the Spider Verse. Uh, the second one was uh, No Way Home, and the third was Beetlejuice. So well, there, there you we go. go. There you go. Uh, all right, that'll wrap it up for the best ever challenge. Before we hit our finish off with our buried treasure, just a big thank you to our Sifpop members. Thank you for supporting yes. what goes on here. Uh, we couldn't do it without you. Did another uh, moops today, uh, members only uh, pre show, uh, members only Ormsby pre show. Uh, so you can check that out <laughs> if you are a member at a certain level. Uh, go check it out at patreon.com slash Sifpop. All right, uh, what is that one, we'll go on our buried treasure, what is that one thing in any area of pop culture that you want to make sure people know about? Andrew, kick us off. I'm watching the new Apple TV show, Silo, and I'm three episodes in. I am enjoying it so far. I see potential. It hasn't really, like, hooked me yet, like, with a, oh, this is my new favorite show kind of a mentality or anything like that. But the concept is unique. It's a really fascinating, I love world building, and whenever you... Uh, confine your world to a silo and people don't know if it's safe to go out or not. Uh, they've been down there so long they don't know. It's just fascinating. Like dystopian futures and the uh, the uh, the governmental order that takes charge or takes hold. I always find that kind of stuff fascinating and interesting. Very cool. I've heard lots about it. I haven't had a chance to check it out yet. Dom, have you watched any of Silo? No, but I keep hearing good things. Like all yeah, of my Facebook too. people are talking about it. 
Yeah, I keep hearing good things as well. I might get it on my list. Um, I, uh, for my buried treasure, finally watched Steven Spielberg's first feature film. Um, went back and watched Duel, uh, and I think that's early 70s, um, somewhere in that range. And boy, you can sure see that this young man has talent. Uh it's, it's really interesting, by the way, if you don't know uh, about the movie, it is the story of a uh, road rage incident, let's say. Uh, but what's really interesting about it is you never see really the actual person, the other person involved in this battle of the roads. And so the truck itself almost becomes, well, let's just say like a Jaws-like figure uh, in the movie where it is stalking this this man. Um, and to turn a, a semi-truck into a villain is a really interesting thing. Um, but yeah, I think I'd, I'd highly recommend uh, uh, Duel. It's, it's a really interesting um, uh, kind of under any other hands, it'd probably be a little bit of a basic narrative, but the way Spielberg shoots it and creates the tension, I think it really uh, does work. So, uh, Duel is available on VOD. Uh, Dom, what is your buried treasure? Uh, well, since it is Pride Month, I, I figured it'd be apropos to uh, mention the movie Monica, um, starring Trace Lissette. Um, I believe it hit select theaters uh, last month, but this is some of my favorite cinematography of the year. Um, I mean, and the story seems somewhat simple as far as she is uh, openly trans without saying that she's trans. You see shots of her doing, giving herself shots for hormone therapy. And there's these shots of like, it's, it's reinforcing that this is a woman. The shots of the, the hair and the, her figure and all these things that you go, it, I, don't, I don't know how to describe without you seeing it. It's just, um, it really reinforces like this is a, a movie that is telling a story tw- uh, two different ways without it letting you know that it's telling a story two different ways. And, you know, she's going back to um, take care of her mother and she hasn't seen her mother since um, she has transitioned and you have this whole family drama uh, situation, but it is, it's a great film. Uh, I've watched it twice. Um, And just that I haven't seen cinematography like that in a while that really told a story at the beginning and, and uh, which set it up for the rest of the film. Very nice. Uh, That is Monica uh, recently out in theaters, dual on uh, video on demand in silo on apple tv plus well we did it guys we managed to do a podcast yeah we did congratulations to all involved we did not even have to get into the sif pop society uh to make it happen so congratulations Thank you so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out again today. Thank you, buddy. Big thanks to producer Phil for producing the audio and video show. Thanks, Phil. Uh, and thank you to Dom Fisher for coming in and hanging out with us yeah, yeah, today. Yeah. Dom, uh, anything you want to plug? Where can people find you? Um, you know... My uh, Instagram is where I usually am uh, at the Dom Fisher at uh, King underscore Fish on Twitter, and um, 
trying to make more video reviews. I have a few on our Geek Vibes Nation TikTok. Um, we recently had some videos go viral, I guess. Like, one got a million views at a review. They got like 11,000 views. It's kind of weird that many people saw my face. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to do it more often. So you will be able to catch me there as well. Nice. Uh, yeah, Very check cool. out Dom and all his stuff. Really appreciate you being here again. We also really appreciate our supporters. Starts at three bucks a month, and you get access to all the bonus episodes at different levels, as well as some other fun perks. Check that all out at patreon.com slash sifpop if you want to be a sifpop member. There's also a lot of ways to connect with us. Feel free to leave a comment, a rating, or a review wherever you listen, uh, whether that's Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever. You can email us, uh, feedback at siftpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show, too. So make sure you let them know about it and that listening is much easier than an animal figuring out what it means for them to roll out. Uh, we will be back with <laughs> Elemental in The Flash next week. Uh, so another couple big hitters next week. And we will see you then. Bye. Adios.